The Tarverian Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. Have you ever tried eating a corned beef sandwich in zero gravity? Are you a veteran of the Great Emu War of 1932? Do you long for a simpler time when the world's greatest global crisis involved horse manure? If, if the, the answer, answer to any of these questions, questions was no, then, then we, we have, have the, the podcast, podcast for you. you. Epic Fails of History. A podcast that delves into the most epic fails of um, history. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Epic Fields Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We've got more random tales of fail coming your way, so stay tuned for more epic fails of history. Rejoice ye one and all, as the dragon has returned to season two of the Tarviran podcast. Please join Rich Arbara, Rob Alfor, Bill Coulfrain, as they take on the epic fantasy series of the Wheel of Time. This season is dedicated to the Great Hunt, so join us as we go on a mystical adventure following the travels of the Great Horn of Valair in this season of the Tarvira Podcast. Hello dear listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Tarviren Podcast. I am your great British host, William. Any other hosts here? Uh, insert cricket noises here, Bill. Yes, no, sadly, sadly, my dear friends, I am on my own today. Uh, I was due to record with uh, El Roberto this morning. Unfortunately, he's had a few uh, family issues pop up. Uh, nothing serious, but, you know, it, sometimes family gets in the way of the truly important things of life, as I'm sure you're all aware. <laughs> uh, I certainly know that having two young girls. <laughs> At any moment, I'll have to stop everything and just uh, pay them attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I assure you I'm a better father than that. They get 99.9% .9 of my attention, and the rest is dedicated to RPGs, uh, epic fantasy series, and um, Wheel of Time podcasts, as you well know. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, welcome back, people. Uh, this is the Tarviran. Uh, we are a Wheel of Time podcast, as I aforementioned, and we go through the Wheel of Time uh, one chapter-ish at a time <laughs> not always one chapter not always two chapters sometimes three chapters if it's the end of the book and <laughs> it's good enough uh, it all depends on the length and oh thank you rob thank you rob you've given me a chunky old beast to deal with today but uh, let's get this out of the way quickly shall we guys no one no one left me an itunes review you you foolish people you foolish foolish people suffer through the indignity of my awfully recorded version of Mother by Dancing. 
another. Tell your water not to walk my way. Tell your water not to hear my words. What they mean, what they say, more Mother, you can keep them in the dark light. You can hide them from the waiting world. Oh, more Lots more of that nonsense. <laughs> oh, people, why, why, why do you, why do you sit and listen to three minutes of that, or do you all just do the skip button on your iPhone or whatever listening device you have? You know, I'll never know. But whatever it is, it doesn't feel pleasant, does it, to have to listen to that every week? Or maybe you like it. Maybe you like listening to it every week. Anyway, we've got um, got another fifty chapters to go, so uh, I suggest getting some iTunes reviews in or any other reviews in. Let me know about it, otherwise you're going to be staffed. <laughs> oh, good friends, good friends. So, what has been going on in the world of the Wheel of Time? So, we have confirmation that filming is continuing, even as um, 
the Czech uh, imposes new restrictions on COVID because, as we all know, COVID is uh, skyrocketing again throughout the world after our uh, initial worldwide lockdown that we had. Uh, we all started to open up again, and surprisingly enough, COVID started going up again. So, uh, yeah, we are locking down everywhere uh, in the world, basically. So I know uh, restrictions are slowly going up in the UK. Uh, it tends to be the north at the moment, which is uh, more affected. So I assume at some point we're going to build a wall and just act like Game of Thrones. <laughs> just leave those people north of the wall. <laughs> I'm only joking. Only joking. Um, uh, we've already got a wall. It's called Hadrian's Wall. You know, It's about as high as my shin. But, you know, it does help keep the Scottish out of England. <laughs> who builds a who builds like a you know shin high wall to keep people out you know uh, <laughs> obviously you know the romans built it and they they posted sentries along the wall to look out for hordes of invaders at the time but even still it feels a little bit ridiculous you know it, it comes up to my knee not, not very tall <laughs> but yes filming is continuing though despite the fact of the covid uh, restrictions so i assume maybe they're filming in a bubble <laughs> just like on the simpsons uh, and also um I can't remember if we spoke about this, but there was three more uh, cast members <clears throat> added to the list recently, um, uh, although their roles have not been clarified yet. Uh, so we're still waiting on that. And apparently uh, the casting company is still looking for babies. You know, don't say that often in life, do you? <laughs> still looking for babies. Uh, so, yeah, I assume there's uh, certain things which may be discussed in today's chapter. Which maybe they want to um, capture on camera and use. <laughs> maybe. So maybe they're searching for those sorts of babies. But uh, they're spoilers for later on in today's episode. Um, other than that, you know, there's just not too much going on. There was a, a, a set, uh, a picture of the uh, Emmons Field set uh, from above, which looks kind of smaller than I'd imagined Emmons Field. You know, you know, they always show these or they always show these villages, and they look like they've got like ten huts in them. I always imagine. Edmund's field being a little bit bigger, otherwise it would really suffer from incest. Like, I hate to put that out there, but it really would suffer <laughs> if there isn't more people. I know, obviously, there's a lot of outlying families, like Perrin's family doesn't live inside the town itself, and neither's Rand. And um, I don't think Matt's does either, because his dad raises horses, and I assume he can't do that inside Edmund's field. <laughs> so, you know, I know there's a there's a lot more people than it seems. Uh, in the Emmons Field area, and I, I hope they're not all sleeping with their sisters and playing their banjos. So uh, you know, we can only hope, can't we? <laughs> um, yes, uh, and that's about all I've got, really, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the fan community. Uh, you should all check out the Dusty Wheel on uh, YouTube. That's fantastic, um, and lots more. Yeah, just lots more stuff like that coming out. So um, yeah, just look out for it. You know, there's all sorts of contents. As I've mentioned before, there's tons of content on Discord, which we are terrible at keeping up with. Uh, but you should definitely check out... The, I definitely suggest che checking out the Dusty Wheel on YouTube. I think that is a fantastic, fantastic, uh, you know, fan-made uh, content. I really like the guy who hosts the show. Um, and uh, he always gets really good guests on to have a good chat about the Wheel of Time. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm hoping one day he'll reach out to me. He'll be like, hey, Bill. You, you do Wheel of Time stuff. Come on, come on. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you know I'm in the UK, right? We're never going to get a recording schedule together. <laughs> um, uh, and then other than that, of course, the biggest news of the week is the fact that it was Robert Jordan's birthday on the 17th of October. So 
you know, props to the man. I know he's not here anymore, but we love you, man. You you gave us a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to read, you know, and even more stuff if you like Conan. You know, he wrote a load of Conan books. Let's not forget. <laughs> so if you do like Conan the Warrior uh, <laughs> or the Barbarian or whatever it was, uh, you can go back and read Robert Jordan's take on that. Um, don't know. I wonder, was the Arnold Schwarzenegger version based off of that? But yes, happy birthday to the creator. You are sorely missed. <laughs> oh, that's why. That's why the world's going to shit now. Anyway, <laughs> I'll leave you all to reflect on that moment. The day the creator died. <laughs> Just like the day the music died. And I will leave you with a word from, yes, do you guys remember Rich? Do you guys remember that guy? Yeah, here we go. Here's a word from Rich uh, talking about our sponsors. Oh, yes, people. Uh, we all miss Rich. Uh, if only he'd come back from the dark side. But I know, alas, you know, he decided he wanted, he really wanted to become a full Merdral. And uh, it's taking a lot of operations to give him that really good eyeless look. Uh, so, you know, he'll, he'll be back with us one day. Or one day. And he'll talk like this. And he'll be like, yes, I am fear itself. Look into my eyes. Yeah, he's been really practicing that voice. So... Make sure you make sure you give him lots of encouragement, people. He he really he really 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 wants this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing. We're going with that at all. Um, anyway, yes. So what are we on? We're on a chapter. What chapter are we on? We are on the chapter called "The Dragon Reborn." Yes. Not book. Don't have this mistaken with book three of the Wheel of Time. Um, please, please, please don't have it mistaken. And and yeah, big thanks to Rob leaving me on my own today. This is a huge chapter to cover. Lots of viewpoints. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate the help on this one. Leaving it to me. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> God. The Dragon Reborn. And we start off from Ran's point of view. And him and Lan are on the way to the Amlin's seat. Uh, not to the Amlin's seat, sorry. Because that's in Tarvalon. Uh, they're on the way to the Amlin's quarters. Or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, because he has been summoned. And yep, Rand, uh, Lan, Lan is quickly giving Rand some last-minute tips on everything, and um, he Grand's growing. Oh, Grand Land, Lan, oh God, I can't say anything today. Rand is growing increasingly nervous <laughs> as they walk the halls, wondering what everyone's going on about. He can hear everyone whispering because obviously, as they enter the women's quarters, um, you know, Lan's still giving him instructions. You know, pour this water on this, and hold your sword, and do this and that, and kneel and say, "Hey, all right, Gav." What's what I'm gonna say? What's up, Governor? What can I do for you today? Me, me, little old dragon reborn me. Um, <laughs> you know, don't act like that, Rand. <laughs> you need to have a bit more decorum. Uh, but he can also sense him and how nervous he's getting, especially when Rand starts trying to overhear a lot of the conversations that the women are having that they're passing. Um, you know, mostly because you know he's he's a nosy old bastard, is Rand. <laughs> he was, you know, two men walking through the women's quarters, swords on display. You know, it's not supposed to happen. And even though he did it once, yep, they're not supposed to be doing it. Um, <laughs> so he says, he just barks at him and goes, Cat crosses the courtyard. And then Rad, immediately, you know, he describes, it's really weird how he describes it. And I've been trying to sort of think how I would do this to myself. So, you know, he says, you've got to keep your back straight and then have everything loose like you're a puppet on a string. It's just like, imagine that. Imagine you've got like a string coming out your back and it's holding you up completely right. So it's like, yeah, I can see how that sort of puffs your chest out and it holds your shoulders nice and straight, but 
feels feels like an incredibly weird way to walk. And Rand even acknowledges, like, oh, yeah, this really helps focus me. Uh, There's a couple of people they they bump across as well who go, like, you know, uh, Taishar Malkiar and Taishar Mount Efren. And it's just like, yeah, man, shit, people are talking to me. (laughs) Lan, these people are talking to me. (laughs) Keep them away, man. Um... Yeah, so people are obviously showing a lot of respect. You know, the women seem to think he's some sort of king from another realm who's in disguise for some reason. Uh, it's not, you know, it's all playing on Rand's paranoia of the situation because he thinks he's going to turn up to the Amarin seat and they're going to gentle him or, you know, you know, new to him, whichever comes first. <laughs> oh, but yes. Um, uh, yeah, he's... <laughs> he's t- Yeah, anyway, they get to the, they get to the Amarin seat. They get to the office. I come in and uh, Leanne Sedai, you know, she comments on uh, Rand's behaviour. Uh, she also makes another comment about how the Greens would uh, snap him up straight away because <laughs> you know he looks very waterish at the moment. Uh, oh, this Leanne, Leanne is one horny, horny, horny lady. <laughs> She's clearly, clearly missing her uh, her sexy time with her water. <laughs> Does Leanne have a water? I need to research Leanne a bit more. She's she's proving uh, uh, an extreme source of amusement to me in this book, and I am loving it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she makes makes some more uh, ones like that, <laughs> and um, yeah, Rand you know poses himself. You know, Lamb says it's just a man. You know, nothing else. <laughs> this he ain't no boy. He's a man. My, my boy Rand, he's a man. <laughs> My boy Rand is a man. That makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, but yes, he enters the room and he enters the lion's den where he sees Verin, Moraine, and of course, the Amrin. And then Land's told at the last second that he's not allowed to go in. So he uh, he very quickly whispers to the point where only Rand can really hear. And he says, Taisha, Mount Efron. Rand is instantly worried about being gentled. Like, oh man, I'm going to cut my balls off, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I also find this kind of a strange thing to be worried about. Like, I know obviously the idea of being gentle is mildly unpleasant, but at the same time, he, he bangs on about how he doesn't want to use the one power. He doesn't want to be a part of it. You know, you'd be like, well, I, yeah, you'd be like, well, I understand the whole gentling thing and how it really upsets people once they've got used to using the one power. Surely you'd be like, well, if I get gentled now, I don't really know how to use the one power. Would I really miss it that much? And surely it's got to be better than, you know, going absolutely insane bonkers with the one power and killing everybody I love. Just me? Just me. Okay. All right, everyone else wants to go bonkers and kill everyone they love. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Just just, just my fault. Um, but yes. <laughs> um <laughs> the Amelin immediately, like, as Rand walks up to her, starts giving her some uh, some good some good talk. Uh, oh no, actually, oh, I I wish Rob was here. There's something Leanne says to Rand when he starts talking like a warder, and I was just like mind blown when I was taking notes for this. It was just like, holy shit, is she foreshadowing stuff that happens in like book eight and nine? I'm just like. Where, where, like Leanne? You know, she's the keeper of the seals. She, I'm, not, I'm not aware she has any sort of like prophetic power, or like you know can see the future or has anything like that. But yeah, she, she drops a bomb on, on this bit. Uh, 
and I'm just like, I'm not going to say what it is, obviously, but there was a little, just, you know, it's just a throwaway comment she makes. She makes a lot of them, so, you know, you're not going to judge too much. But I was just like, man, I wanted to talk to Rob about that today, but on SpoilerCast. But um, uh, <laughs> we did a SpoilerCast last week, and I accidentally deleted it from the episode, so that's gone forever. <laughs> You'll never see that. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to save that one, and I'm going to bring it back round next time I get Rob on, because I really want to talk about that. I was just like, it was probably about four words. <laughs> I was just like... <gasps> hyperventilating with excitement (coughs) that hurt my throat (coughs) (coughs) sorry about that Um, uh, I'm going to have to get a glass of water hang on I'll be back in one moment people well if that isn't one of the dumbest things I've ever done in podcasting I don't know what is yeah that really hurt my throat I had to go have something to eat (laughs) and then I have a drink and now I'm having another drink nice nice, uh, carbonated beverage you know in a can. I won't say which brand it is. There are lots of brands available. Ah, but this, yeah, this is the real thing. Anyway, <laughs> in case you haven't guessed what it was yet. Oh, God, what was I doing? Great. So, yeah, I've been with excitement because of the um, uh, potential massive spoiler, which I can't talk about. So, moving on. So, Rand's having a chat with the... Um, with the Amelian seat and... Uh, what's her name? Moraine? <laughs> and Varian. And... Basically, what it comes down to is, uh, so what actually, no, um, yeah, first of all, um, Shwain, uh complains about the fact that she's let, <laughs> that Moraine's let Lan get at him with his wardaways, and I'm doing air quotes, I say that, <laughs> and um, she also questions about the sword that she's holding, so Moraine's just like, look, basically, I've let Lan train all the boys, but he spent a lot of time with this one, because, you know, he's got a sword, and Thad likes boys with swords. That sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's bound to happen, but it needs to happen. And then um, and then she asked Varian about his, uh, his uh, heron-marked blade. And, like, is it real? Uh, and also, uh, we find out from uh, <clears throat> from Moraine where he got, where Tam got it from. So apparently Tam had left two rivers, travelled the world, fought in three wars... <laughs> And became a blade master along the way. Then he went home, picked up a wife and child, and then went back to his um back to the two rivers. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> hmm. She seems to know stuff about um Tam that um even Rand didn't know. And she uh, she laments the fact that she didn't know it sooner as well. So Rand's just a little bit like, where did she get that information from? Did doesn't I Eve know? So no, Rand, I think she's got her ways. She's got her cheeky cheeky A said I ways. <laughs> And then also Varian goes, oh yeah, we can test his sword. And then they start talking as if Rand's not in the room. And she's like, and then, yeah, so the Amelie's like, yeah, yeah, go on, you, you take his sword and we'll test it and make sure it's a real uh, heron-marked blade. See if it's one of the ones that was uh, been wrought by the power, as it were, not one that's been made more modernly. And Rand's just like, no, you're not taking my sword. My dad gave me this. All right, you lot? Yeah, stop talking about me like I'm not here. I'm here. Hmm? <laughs> and um, then... The Amrilin moves on to tell the story. Oh, no, actually, no, sorry. Moraine tells the story of how Tam actually found Rand. So she gives him a, a story of truth, as she calls it, because uh, he uh, recites the fact that he thinks that the Aesodai and the White Tower is going to try and use him like they have with other, um, <clears throat> other false dragons. And she assures him, you are not a false dragon, you are the dragon reborn. And we know you can channel. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they tell him the story of well, oh, it's just so much happens in this little bit. So they tell him the story of how Moraine heard the prophecy from I think it was the old Amarillin. She like just sort of like stood up and died and said, "Ah, oh, the dragon's been reborn." <laughs> Dragons are born, man! <laughs> He's on the top. He's on the slopes! Uh, but only Moraine and Swain were there to hear it. Then we hear the fact that, you know, Matt's been separated from the dagger and Ingtar's been set to retrieve the horn. And so Matt's going to go with him. And they suspect Perrin will go as well. And it's up to Rat. He can go with him if he wants, or he can stay here and do nothing. Um, and yeah, and they tell him that he's the dragon. And, um, yeah, he doesn't want to be a false dragon on the leash. Um, but they tell him, uh, but he doesn't know. Like, he just doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what to do next, doesn't know what he's going to do. But he just makes sure, as he's leaving, you know, Swain tells him, you are the dragon reborn. You must fulfill the prophecies. And we're not going to get involved. And he just, as he's leaving, he just goes, I will not be your pawn basically. Uh, he doesn't say that exact words. I can't remember the exact words. I didn't write them down, unfortunately. But yeah, he just he just reiterates the fact that he will not be their pawn and he will not be a slave to their plans. And then we switch point of view. <laughs> we go to uh, Shrain's point of view and she's gutting some fish. No, she's not gutting some fish. Um, but yeah, she, she insists, you know, he's the real dragon reborn. This is a very short, this is a very short point of view section, by the way. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, she, you know, you know, Moraine tells her the story of how Tam found him on the slopes of Dragon Mount and how they dedicated themselves to searching for him. Um, and yeah, again, Rand's just there, just like, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> And it's just nothing, mate. You've got to fulfill the, the prophecies. It's up to you. Um, <laughs> now, Verian is in the background of all this, and she's just great. She just occasionally just completely loses the plot. <laughs> like, Moraine and uh, Shwain are obviously trying to be very, um, very, you know, into their plans. You know, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then she's like, hmm, I wonder how long he'll take to go mad and kill everyone. Perhaps we should gentle him. Oh, but we can't. He's the dragon we're born. And it's like, God's sakes, very sharp. Sharp, you batty old cow in the corner. Just because you worked it out, you stupid old brown. Hmm. I don't know where I've got this weird accent from. <laughs> it's like I'm some sort of weird Cockney East Ender, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely not one of those. Um, so we now have a third. Oh, God, there's just so much happening in this chapter. I'm so sorry to skim over a lot of it. Uh, where Where is Rob? Where's Rob when I need him to talk to? Um, so we switch to Nynaeve's point of view. Um, and Nynaeve, she can feel a storm is coming. But everything is contradicting her feelings. So part of her, she knows she knows it now. You know, she's got this affinity with the one power. And part of being a wisdom is that you could hear the wind and you could hear the weather. And you know what's happening. And she now knows that that is kind of like a, and an extended arm of the fact that she was able to use the one power. Um, and it kind of makes her feel a bit sad about it. She kind of thought that was quite cool. And she knows not every, um, you know, not everyone like her can hear who hears the wind can actually hear the wind. But she could actually hear the wind. And she was always very proud of it. But there is no storm. 
but you can't see it. You know, the weather's got a great big sun in the sky. There are blue tits singing everywhere. There's no, there's no storm, but she can feel it. And then she sees Rand running past and decides, okay, he must be the storm. <laughs> it's definitely happening around this boy. Um, and she quickly learns that you know he's he's managed to come all the way from the Amrin, and she switches into uh, a much higher gear now. She's really sort of chasing around Faldara, trying to find him. People, uh, loads of loads of serving ladies keep stopping her and asking her questions about Rand. So she's like, hmm, why do you think he's gone to see the Amrin? Do you think he's a prince? Is he a prince from your land? Is that what's going on underneath? Is he a prince? Is he really a prince? Tell me, like, is he a prince? I want to marry my daughter to a prince. And she's just like, <laughs> she can't even remember what she says to half of them. She's just like, blah, 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 and just carries on looking for Rand. And um, <clears throat> but she doesn't find him. She finds another large stone-faced gentleman staring down an arrow slit at a courtyard down below. It's Lan, good old Lan, Mister Man Dragon standing here, going, "Hip, I'm the Man Dragon." It's going to go into Exodus then, but I couldn't quite <laughs> Exodus by Bob Marley, not Exodus the band. <laughs> the Black Watts. Throw <laughs> yourself against the wall. Um, <laughs> God, that was terrible. Um, even by my standards, that was awful. Um, and Lan says, "Ah, I was hoping I could speak to you, but you're always hanging around in the women's quarters. I feel like you're an orphan. Feel like you're evading me, naive. <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically, um, she says, yep." Yeah, I, I I opened myself up to you, Lan. I made a fool of myself, and you walked away from me. And he's like, I didn't walk away from you. I just he gets really angry, and he says, like, damn it, woman, blast you and blast Rand. I don't care. I'm gonna give you a present if I have to tie it round your neck myself. <laughs> it's like so aggressive all of a sudden, and she even notes in his head, like, oh, he's so angry. He's like, but he's so gentle. <laughs> she is. She has seriously got it bad. Mr. Mandragon. She really, really has. It is, uh, it's quite terrifying, really. <laughs> Especially for poor old Nynaeve. She doesn't want to be in love with anyone. <laughs> She's, like, really fighting it. She's like... But she she just can't help it. Her and Lan have obviously just got some sort of destined thing going together. And so he gives her uh, his signet ring with the heron on it. And he promises her that if she ever needs him, he will come. Well, that's really romantic, Lan. Like, but... What if you're in the middle of something <laughs> really important to save the world? Anyway, he makes this decision. He tells her he's obviously batshit crazy in love with her, which is quite strange because they, you know, they've only spent like a couple of nights, you know, just shifting out in the countryside um, with like, you know, frayed tensions and stuff. It's surprising. I, I always found it surprising that they sort of fell in love so quickly, but they really establish it at the beginning of book two here. Like, you know, this is them. You know, she's openly said to him, like, I opened myself up to you. You threw me back. And he's just like, all I can give you is a widow's outfit you know I'm gonna die don't you understand and he's like oh but I know I'm gonna die but I'm also gonna be like mm, I do love you and here's my ring <laughs> call me whenever you need <laughs> come here's my here's my signet ring call me baby um god exodus and then whatever that is <laughs> all in one go you guys are some lucky people <laughs> um <laughs> where was I um so um yeah, uh, so Langus is a signaling, yeah, it's help. Uh, yeah, and um, as she, so she starts, starts staying around daydreaming about, oh, could I, 
You know, he's a king. What would he want with me? I'm just a village woman, you know? I know he's not a king, a king, but he's, you know, I don't think I've got anything to offer him. He doesn't really have much to offer me. He's sitting in the church. He's just daydreaming about the fact that it's not really going to happen between the two of them. When Moraine comes up to her and the knife's, the knife's like, well, oh, fucking hell, where did you come from? <laughs> you came out of nowhere, you stupid bitch. Damn you. <laughs> How long have you been standing there? And Moraine's just like, <laughs> come on, come on, Anaith. You know better than that. And um, yeah, she demand. Yeah, Nynaeve starts demanding. You know, she she should make a really good Ace to die, Nynaeve. But she starts demanding what the Amarine did to Rand. Moraine reassures her that um, she is just seeing all three of the Tarviran. Oh, I forgot to mention that. So when they tell Rand that he's basically free to go earlier on, um, he's free to go. He can do whatever he wants. But they're not going to tell him. They're not going to tell anyone that um, you know he's the Dragon Reborn. They're not going to set the Reds on him or anything like that. They're just going to let him get on with it. Everyone, all anyone knows about the Free Boys is that they are all strongly Tarviran. And she's going to make an effort to make sure she sees Rand, Perrin, and even Matt in the infirmary, so that all anyone thinks is that you know these three extremely strong Tarviran boys have turned up out of nowhere, and the Amberlin Seat's just going to have a chat with them. You know, which you know, in fairness. Makes sense. You probably would, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, there's not much you could do with a Tarviran because the pattern weaves itself around them and it weaves them for its own purpose. But you know, she does the good. She does. She's doing the good thing of trying to uh, cover up the tracks. But uh, Nynaeve still doesn't really believe in any of this bollocks, she, and she still threatens Moraine. And Moraine even calls her out on it. She's like, "Look, you are coming back to Tarvalon with me, so that you can use the one power. And if you don't," You won't be able to use that one power against me, will you? <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> like, come on. I know my shit. I know what you're plotting. I'm a clever lady. <laughs> um, now, Egwene pops up at some point around all this stuff, and uh, she's busy packing when Anive comes into the room and um, tells her to hurry. And she call, Nynaeve calls her, no, sorry, Egwene calls Nynaeve uh, the wisdom. And Nynaeve says, oh, you've got to stop calling me that. I, like, I was daydreaming about this earlier, right? It's been months. Um, Nariss, you know, uh, one I, I got the wisdom from the other town, but she's going to have to go back to her town eventually. I think, you know, she's obviously having a big crisis of confidence here, Nineveh. You know, she's in love with this guy who's going to die. <laughs> he's, he's just going to throw himself straight at the dark run if he gets the opportunity and will be murdered for it. Uh, she's in love with it, desperately in love with this guy. There's this woman who's... Uh, come into her village, taking these three boys away, and she's desperately trying to get them home safely. But at the same time, she knows she has to go to Tarvalon for her own safety, for the training. It's just, it's you know, it, her life's turned upside down, and she's having a big old crisis about it. Um, then uh, I think uh, one of the serving ladies comes in, uh, Nerissa. I don't know why I wrote her name down. Uh, she tells Rand, she says, um, she tells him that Rand's actually come in to see them. And Egwene goes to speak to him alone. Now, Rand says he's goodbye and that he doesn't think he'll ever see her again. But when he turns to leave, you, Egwene begins to cry. It's a really emotional moment here at the end of this chapter. Um, and yeah, um, he whispers something as he's leaving as well. And it sounds almost like he says, I love you to her. They have this big embracing hug and they're telling each other that they're going to miss each other. And then, yeah, as as he starts to unwrap his arms, she's pretty sure because she's beginning to well up and she's sure it sounds like he murmurs, I love you. And then releases her and just pushes her back. And that's where we come to the end of the chapter, really.
Uh, apart from the serving lady says, um, <laughs> don't let him see you cry. He won't like that. <laughs> um, and then he tells her that uh, Nynaeve wants her. So she she wipes her cheeks down and then she follows the other woman. Uh, and, oh, and she finishes it off with a take care of yourself, you wall-headed lummox. Light, take care of him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, Rand, you are a wall-headed fool. You are indeed. But it's good that you're going to go with Matt. He's going to go with Matt for the dagger. That's what he's decided. <laughs> uh, is that what he's decided? Is that what he's decided? I forgot. Yeah, he's going to go, yeah, he's going to go horn hunting with Matt. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, just got just got to be careful with the red ajar. And then that brings us to another jar. Another jam jar. <laughs> to the end of chapter nine. Uh, chapter, <laughs> the end of chapter eight, The Dragon Reborn. Not to be confused with book three, The Dragon Reborn. Uh, <laughs> and then that will lead us nicely into chapter nine, Leave Takings, for next week. Where hopefully you'll have myself and Rob again, uh, if Rob turns up this time. Damn you, Rob. You left a chunky chapter to me. Now we've got a short episode. Damn you. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll hand you over to a little bit. So you had a little bit of Rich earlier with the advert, and now you've got a little bit of Rob now with readings with Robbiartiando. And now, the Taviren present to you readings with Rob. Chapter 8 The Dragon Reborn. He turned from the owlslit, and she whirled to go. Nynaeve. His voice caught and held her like a noose. I want to speak with you alone. You always seem to be in the women's apartments, or in company. It took an effort to face him, but she was sure her features were calm when she looked up at him. I'm looking for Rand. She was not about to admit avoiding him. We said all we need to say long ago, you and I. I shamed myself, which I will not do again, and you told me to go away. I never said. He took a deep breath. I told you I had nothing to offer for a bride's piece but widow's clothes. Not a gift any man could give a woman. Not a man who can call himself a man. I understand, she said coolly. In any case, a king does not give gifts to village women. And this village woman would not take them. Have you seen Rand? I need to talk to him. He wants to see the Amarlin. You know what she wanted with him? His eyes blazed like blue ice in the sun. She stiffened her legs to keep from stepping back and met him glare for glare. The Dark One take Randall, Thor, and the armoring seat both. He grated, pressing something into her hand. I will make you a gift, and you will take it if I have to chain it around your neck. She pulled her eyes away from his. He had a stare like a blue-eyed hawk when he was angry. In her hand was a signet ring. Heavy gold and worn with age, almost large enough for both of her thumbs to fit through. On it, a crane flew above a lance and a crown, all carefully wrought in detail. Her breath caught, the ring of Malkiri kings. Forgetting to glare, she lifted her face. I cannot take this, Lan. He shrugged in an offhand way. It is nothing, old and useless now, but there are those who would know when they saw it. Show that, and you will have guest right, and help if you need it, from any lord in the borderlands. Show it to a warder, and he will give aid, or carry a message to me. Send it to me, or a message mark with it, and I will come to you, without delay, and without fail. This, I swear. 
her vision blurred at the edges. If I cry now, I will kill myself. I can't. I do not want a gift from you, Alan Mandragoran. Here, take it. He fended off her attempts to give the ring back to him. His hand enveloped hers, gentle but firm as a shackle. Then take it for my sake as a favor to me, or throw it away if it displeases you. I've no better use for it. He brushed her cheek with a finger, and she gave a start. I must go now, Nynaeve Mashiara. The Amarillin wishes to leave before midday, and there is much yet to be done. Perhaps we will have time to talk on a journey to Torvalon. He turned and was gone, striding down the hall. Nynaeve touched her cheek. She could still feel where he had touched her. Mashiara, beloved of heart and soul, it meant, but a love lost, too, lost beyond regaining. Fool, woman, stop acting like a girl with her hair still not braided. It is no use letting him make you feel... Clutching the ring tightly, she turned around and jumped when she found herself face to face with Maureen. How long have you been there? she demanded. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at Pod with your request. And that was Readings with Robanga. Robanga? Robanga. Robangi? Robanga. Rowenge. Rowenge. Oh, I think that's a joke that only me and my wife understand. Anyway, Rowenge. <laughs> yep, so next week, guys, uh, make sure you're all prepared for Chapter 9, Leave Takings. Uh, not quite as chunky as the chapter we've just had, but... Um, yeah, I think we're finally getting out of Faldara. <laughs> uh, yeah, moving out into the big wide world. I wonder which route they're going to take. Because, uh, yeah, we've got to chase down some Trollocs and we've got to chase down a horn. You know, have you got a horn? You got the horn? Ugh, you want to take care of the other one, mate. Um, <laughs> so, guys, this has been the Tarviran podcast. You know, if you don't want to listen to me seeing Mother again next week, you know, which I'm sure you all do want to listen to me, but if you don't, Please leave an iTunes review or on a review on any other platform on any other platform that you listen to your podcasts on. I know certain platforms don't let you leave reviews like Spotify, but you know, do your best. <laughs> you can email us if you want; that would count as a review um, at tarvarenpod uh, at gmail.com. and you can also contact us on uh, Discord. Links are below to join the Discord server if you want to join Joe, who's the only one on there at the moment. Hi, Joe. You're right. Um, and you can contact us on Twitter as well at Tarvia and Pod. Oh, you know, lots of places to show you love. And if you really love us, you can always throw us a buck on Patreon if you want. You know, we're we're there, we're square, we're not doing much because no one's there. <laughs> but if you do if you do love the show and you decide you wanna throw us a buck to keep the lights on at um uh, at Tarvia and keep <laughs> you know, these oil lamps aren't gonna pay for themselves, people. <laughs> then please please go ahead and do so. Uh again you know, uh, we are part of the uh, We Can Make This Work Probably Network, and we are currently finishing off our James Bond season, uh, although it's been massively delayed. So <laughs> we got all the way up to the Craig movies, and we've kind of stopped because the new film's been massively delayed. So I don't think um, uh, I don't think the next uh, the, the submissions for Casino Royale need to be in until the beginning of November. But if you do like the Daniel Craig movies, please check out that podcast. It's called Podcasters Assemble. And uh, it's a really, really good project. Like uh, I did, I did a submission for Die Another Day, which is 
possibly the most god-awful Bond film, but it'll be the last one on the feed. But I think it was one of the better episodes. I think when there's a bad Bond movie, it makes for a really good episode. When there's a really good Bond movie, that also makes for a good Podcasters Assemble episode. But yeah, check that out. And, uh, you know, you can check out all our other shows at probablywork.com. Um, yeah, and don't forget, we're on YouTube. Uh, it's on my project list to get all of the season two for book two episodes up there. The complete series of book one is available on YouTube of the Tarviran podcast. Uh, apologies for the Walking in the Woods episode again. We'll always apologise for that one because it was fucking terrible. <laughs> but you know, hopefully, we won't have many more terrible ones afterwards. Because uh, this this book, oh, I just I just love the great I just love the great hunt. So I just want to really plough through and get to some of the really good bits. Oh, I'm so excited! Uh, so many places you can show your love and appreciation for this podcast, and most of all, just listen every week. I love seeing our viewing figures. It's great. You know, I just I love the fact that this show took off a little bit at the start and it's just carried on growing. It's lovely to have you guys and have this community around us. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. I need to get a drink. Um, I think Rich... Rich always leaves his credit card lying around, but we maxed it out now. I don't know what we're going to do. Rob? Yeah, remortgage, mate. Excellent. All right, I'm going to get some Body 65. Fantastic stuff. We'll see you next week. As we march further on into the adventures of the Great Hunt, we take a quick peek into each of the minds of the three farm boys from Two Rivers to see where their heads are at at the moment. Wow. Perrin is so good talking to women. The way he handled Eggwing, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I was as good at women as Perrin. Man, Rain seems to know what he's talking about with them women. I wish I was able to be as good talking with women as he is. Man, I see Rand and I see Perrin and Lewith, they're talking to women. Boy, I wish I could talk to women like that. The only thing I'm good at is making women mad. I only make women pissed off. Matt really has a way with women. I don't know how he gets away with it, but I wish I had that same ability to talk to women like he does. I can't believe the way Matt talked to that woman. It worked out beautifully. I, I just I just get stuck in my words and, and, and they think I'm just slow, but... Man, Matt really has a way with the women. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.